This is A Sound Purchase, a podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. Episode 9, The Definitive Top 10 Cover Songs. Welcome back to A Sound Purchase. Today we're going a little off-brand. Today we are not discussing just one iconic recording. We're going to be discussing ten iconic what? recordings in one episode. Craziness. Crazy. What we've tasked ourselves with today is to discuss the top ten covers. And as a little side note, we've said that if we say the same cover, it cancels it out effectively or it automatically goes into the top ten list. So we've we've come up with a backup. I've got a list of about 14. I've got a similarly sized list. Which continued yeah. to grow the more I was studying last night. Because we've, we've mentioned several times previously, oh, best cover of all time. You know, exactly. We, we've discussed it briefly. I have a few additional caveats. I haven't included any songs or artists that are known almost solely for cover songs and albums. So people like Richard Cheese or the Easy Star All Stars from on my list, out. Yeah, I I actually I agree with that. And my my only caveat is I've chosen covers that completely transform the original one. So it's not just an out and out cover. Okay. It's got to be a cover that really does something different with it. Yeah, more okay. or less. More or less. There's, I mean, there's a couple of blurred uh, lines there. Everybody, get up, <laughs> get up, get out. I don't know. Just, just who cares? Put, put the official line in it's, there. It's it's all owned by the Marvin Gaye estate now. So uh, yeah. yeah. Strangely enough, I've not picked any Marvin Gaye songs on mine. Have you? Yeah, it's only Marvin uh, Gaye. And we're going to have to censor out all of Stefan's section for yeah. fear of retribution from the Marvin Gaye estate. Exactly. And they will, of course, own this not only this podcast but all prior ones and future ones because we mentioned Marvin Gaye. You dare speak his name without yeah. permission? Because they because they sue us, they now own all podcasts ever. Oh yeah, not that's just true, us because because they now own the format. So yes, yeah, exactly, uh, and the general feel of just two people talk. So not only podcasts but talk show radio yeah. and just mm. interviews. Um, yeah, well done, Marvin Guest. Beyonce, Beyonce once claimed, "Who runs the world? Girls." I'm going to claim that Marvin Gaye estate. Yeah, people yeah. go about the Rothschilds and all of those. No, yeah. it's it's all the Marvin Gaye estate. Exactly, exactly. Right, so. How this is going to work, folks, Jake is going to make a pick out of his 14, and we're going to choose five songs each. So Jake will choose one, then I will choose one in reaction, and then by the end of it, we're going to need to reorder to create our Sound Purchase Ultimate Top 10 Covers list. Yes. I say say, there are a few that I haven't picked because I'm pretty confident you will have picked them. Mm. And we were talking earlier, and it sounds like Stefan's done the same. So there is a chance that um, songs that we have previously claimed to be the best covers ever uh, aren't going to be. Well, there's a high possibility. There's a high possibility that we might not cover. uh, We might not cover the song that you want us to cover. We're in need of a bit of fan contact. So please (laughs) tell us. Anyone, please. It's been so long. (laughs) Our wives aren't even talking to us anymore. Yeah. Not since we started this. No, uh, but no. So if if you think you can um, you can suggest a better cover song, then by all means you can catch us at Steph Squatch Blog on any social media. That's the handle, or you can email in over the website stephsquatch.com. or you can phone on o eight hundred one double o covers. That's o eight hundred one double o 
covers. Right, ho. Uh, okay. Shall I start or do you want to start? No, you start. I'm I'm going to do mine purely in reaction to you. I've also got a list of three or four songs that I, I anticipate Jake to pick. So right. we'll hold fire and see if that's on my list. All right. So uh, coming in, uh, my first pick, Jimi Hendrix, All Along the Watchtower. Whoa. Some kind of way out of here. Say the joker to the thief. Uh, from Electric Playland, released in 1968, a cover, of course, of Bob Dylan's 1967 hit, All Along the Watchtower. There must be some way out of here Say the joker to the thief There's too much confusion I can't get uh, no From relief. John Wesley Harding? Yeah. Yeah. Um, why, I hear you asking, because it is the version of the song. It blows the, the original one completely out of the water. Well, didn't... didn't um... Bob Dylan claimed that it's his song now. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and fair play, Bob, because uh, it is. <laughs> it absolutely is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, doing a little bit of looking into it, and man, he went hard on doing this song. It's like he was so unhappy with it for so long, um, and he did so many retakes and overdubs. They had to up the uh, mastering track machine from a four-track to a 12-track wow. and then to a 16-track he did so many takes and didn't, overdubs. Didn't he play bass on it too? He played the bass. Um, I think partway through tracking, the bass player was like, I've, I'm, I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Um, Noel Redding. Yeah. And then, yeah, so he just did did that. Well, there was somebody else who was on it. Guy from, um, I've completely forgotten his name. He was in the Rolling Stones original lineup. Brian uh, Jones? Brian Jones. Thank you very much. Uh, did, you know, that bam, 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 bam. And it's like that weird. Oh. No, there's like a little... Like just like a one hit thing. It's not a. It's like a. It's like a. Oh, okay. It, it's yeah, like yeah. really. Rever- so yeah. that was him. That was his contribution to the. Wow. Uh, <laughs> awesome. I'm sure he probably did more as well, but. Uh, Quite possibly. I think it was his highest charting song in the United States as well. Possibly it was um, like the ultimate anti-Vietnam song without actually being anti-Vietnam. Yeah, wasn't it? yeah. pretty much it became. Yeah. Sort of one of those. Quite synonymous with the Vietnam. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, conflict. With that era just in general now. Mm. Um, so I've, I believe, was it the lead single for Electric Ladyland? I know it came out before the album did by about. Either that or Crosstown Traffic. One of the two. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Both great songs. Both great songs. Yeah. Um, but best, unfortunately, best Jimi ever. Hendrix wrote Crosstown Traffic, uh, so, Traffic it so it can't be Doesn't considered. make it to this list. Yeah. So... Yeah, that's what I've got for this one. Oh, and I should mention, he first heard it as well through um, Dylan's publicist actually uh, just brought in a tape of the recording. So I'm assuming while they were recording Electric Ladyland, been in 67, I guess, if it came out in 68. Right. Probably should have looked that up, but I didn't, so. Well, Hendrix was known for doing, like, off-the-cuff covers anyway. He did. Yeah. He played Sergeant Pepper's, the, the song, the day that Sergeant Pepper's came out. 
Yeah, yeah. yeah he yeah. was big on flexing that he could be like, yeah, I can, I can play your songs. I can play your songs. I can yeah. play your songs. What was, your, what was the Clapton one? He did a, a Clapton one as well, didn't he? Well, he jammed with Cream on the first night that he got into London. Yeah, that like was his. It, yeah. His goal was to play with Cream, and he did it on the first night he got uh, there, and almost caused apparently a bit of a nervous breakdown for Eric Clapton. It's sad, really. Yeah, it is. It is. Your whole being revolves around being the best guitarist in London. Now Hendrix was something though, wasn't he? I, he's all right, yeah. I suppose. But could he shred? Could he chug? <laughs> could he gent? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Could you see uh, Jimmy doing Master of Puppets? I don't think so. I don't want to spoil this actually for um, for later in the list. But speaking of Master of Puppets, there's a there is a cover I was very tempted to. It didn't make it on oh, okay. to my top thing. Uh, in fact, I'm just going to tell you it was um, some forty one did a cover of Master really? of Puppets. Oh, it's actually pretty good. <laughs> I was big on them for a long time, but they were they were quite into their heavier. Like hair metal and stuff as well, yeah, weren't yeah. they? So like pain for pleasure, obviously. Yeah. Um Didn't they they started like an alternate band? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think it was pain for pleasure. I think that's what they were called. Yeah. yeah. And they, that was exactly what they did was that yeah. sort of heavier stuff. But yeah, they did a cover of uh, Master of Puppets. Awesome. Okay. Well then I'm gonna go this is in no particular order. I'm gonna go with David Bowie's China Girl. album let's dance it was originally released by iggy pop in 1977 later released by david bowie in 1983 on let's dance mm-hmm. six years later pop's version is very good very raw Together, so it kind of kind of counts as a cover. I'll tell you for why later. Producer Nile Rogers explains his reasoning for a polished pop version by Bowie. He says, "I figured China Girl was about doing drugs, because China is China White, which is heroin. Girl is cocaine. I thought the song was about speedballing. I thought in the drug community in New York, coke is girl and heroin is boy. So then I proceeded to do this arrangement, which was ultra pop." Because I thought that being David Bowie, he would appreciate the irony of doing something so pop about something so taboo. And what was really cool was that he said, I love that. (laughs) (laughs) By all accounts, David Bowie had quite a wicked sense of humor about things. The alleged story of Bowie recording this song was that he knew that it would be a hit. And writer Iggy Pop, who wrote most of it, released it first, was usually low on cash. 
so he would benefit from the residuals or the the royalties, which is how he actually sustained himself from from the sales of a cover of one of his songs. Right up until Lust for Life came out. Definitely until uh, Train Spotting. The Carmine Rogus, Rogers, the bass breakdown. <laughs> the bass breakdown are the best part of the song for me. Do, 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 do. Another cool tidbit, an unknown Stevie Ray Vaughan plays the lead guitar solo on this track. Bowie allegedly offered for Vaughan to tour with him, but Vaughan declined, instead choosing to believe that his band Double Trouble could go the distance. And how did that work out for him? Well, Eric, pretty, pretty good, actually. Pretty yeah. good, until Eric Clapton killed him, so... <laughs> it's, I should, I should uh, preface that joke. When I was studying at university, we were in a guitar class, and we came up with this collective conspiracy theory that all the greatest guitarists have died by Eric Clapton's hand. He's had something to do with it. In the case of Steve Ray Vaughan, it was actually quite literal in the sense of Eric Clapton didn't kill him, but Steve Ray Vaughan died in a helicopter crash and Eric Clapton was initially supposed to be on that helicopter instead of Steve Ray Vaughan. He, he had to go back to the dressing room or something and said, hey, you take my place. And then the helicopter crashed and he died. Yeah. Suspicious. Yeah. But there's a lot of people he, he's not killed. Dwayne Orman. Dwayne Orman. Uh, yeah. Crashed his motorbike just after joining Eric Clapton's band, Derek and the Dominoes. Jimi Hendrix. Does he does he exclusively do it for more of the blues rock players? Because obviously... No, Kurt Cobain. He's, Kurt Cobain was not a better guitarist than that. Technically, he wasn't. No, technically. But I never said that they had to be better oh, than him. Oh, right. Okay. He's still just threatened just the by greatest. the level of fame. Yeah. Yeah, but then what about John Mayer? He's not dead. Is he work- well, what I'm saying, is he working on it? or? Ah, oh, possibly. I mean, I think Eric Clapton's evolved now, so he's not so much killing. He's trying to kill the career of. So I think Eric Clapton set John Mayer up with Taylor Swift initially. Is he is he the one behind the decline of the guitar like, industry? Is that why not many as many are being sold? <laughs> is it all an insidious plot by Eric Clapton to Maybe. get people uh, not playing Maybe. guitar? That and would... then know what, if there's nobody else coming out, no one could be better than him. Mm. Although, I mean, we've got Derek Trucks, Blake Mills. There's, there's a lot of people. Yeah, there's a lot of fantastic guitarists. But, you know, each time a honourable guitarist dies, I look up into the sky and I curse Clapton. <laughs> Again, I want to just reiterate that this is all just a, a joke. I don't wish any ill will on Eric Clapton. Yeah. There we go. Yeah, so David Bowie's cover of Iggy Pop's China Girl, which David Bowie apparently helped him write but didn't actually write. Ghost wrote? Allegedly. Ghost co-wrote? Maybe Ghost co-wrote or something, yeah. But Iggy Pop didn't get a hit with it. Their version is really raw. It's actually it's quite good. I mean, it's a it's a how would you say it shows how good the song actually is, how well written it actually is because it works for their raw kind of punk stoogie sound. 
but then also with the ultra slick Bowie. Polished and yeah, yeah. So, yeah, my pick, nice. China Girl, David Bowie. Very nice. Pick number two, Jake. Pick number two. Um, it's Nirvana. It's from Unplugged in New York, released in 1995. Now, there's a lot of covers on that album. There are a lot of covers. So I'm going to give you one guess. I've got one of those covers in my list, and I've got another one of those covers in my list that Jake covers. might have chosen. Do you want me to tell you what the covers are? Well, there's the... There's Jesus Don't Want Me for a Sunbeam. You forgot about that, didn't you? There's Jesus Don't Want Me for a Sunbeam. There's, Who was that boy? Um, no idea. Uh, there's the Meat Puppet song. There's They're doing those two. two. There's two Plateau and Lake of Fire. Yeah. Um, oh My or Oh Me. Isn't that a cover? There's um, Man Who Sold the World. Yep. Uh, Where Did You Sleep Another Last Night? Another Bowie song. Yep. Uh, and I think that's it. That's six. Okay. So have a guess. I'm going to say The Man Who Sold the World is too popular for you. <laughs> Although that is on my list of of Jake's going to pick this song. Right. <laughs> Jake's barely able to make eye contact right now. <laughs> so uh, I want to say it's one of the meat puppets. You're wrong. It was. I was really tempted to go with Plateau, mm. um, but I thought it's not one of the best covers ever. Uh, so instead I went for Where Did You Sleep Last Night? done by we don't know nobody knows it was written in 1870 ish yep. but the cover they did was uh, released originally by lead belly Once again, he recorded a million different versions of it, but the, the rendition they did was from the 1944 performance for Musicraft Records in mm -hmm. New York, mm -hmm. um, as it's his most well-known one mm -hmm. and probably the easiest for them to get hold of yeah, a, yeah. a record for. It's on all of his like best of hits. Yeah, exactly. Song, yeah. It's it's the one that if, you, if you've heard the Lead Belly version of it, that's probably the version you've heard, uh, unless you're ultra cool and have some of the other versions, but... But no one cares. So why did I pick it? So I, I sort of picked it because similar to I, I know I said the before it's the definitive version, but for a lot of people it's is once again like I, I never would have heard of Lead Belly or the Lead Belly version. A lot of people my age wouldn't have done it. Would have introduced even people who are older than me to be honest with you mm. wouldn't have heard about it. Um, and just that last verse, man. My Tell me where did you sleep last 
way he, he screams it and like the, just the emotion behind it is um, really something else. Neil Young described the vocals as uh, unearthly, like a werewolf. Unbelievable. Mm. Nice one, Neil. Yeah. Um, so Kirk Cobain was introduced to it by uh, Mark Lanigan of Screaming Trees and Queens of the Stone Age fame. Okay. Um, basically just said, you have to listen to this record. He did. He loved it. They covered it. They covered it quite a lot. Obviously, Unplugged in New York didn't come out until after Kirk Cobain had died. So it mm-hmm. came out in 1995. But it did the rounds on MTV. Yeah, of course. All the, all the time. That's yeah. just, yeah, really just powerful. Absolutely. Haunting, haunting vocal. That was one of my covers that I had chosen. Because <laughs> it's one of the best of all time. Yeah. Because it is so good. The only other note that I've got to add to that is not only does it retain the darkness and rawness of Lead Belly's version, but it also allows the band to display a bit of depth in their influence mm. as kind of they were being labelled as one-trick ponies at the time, especially, and that was beginning to haunt, or if not, that had already been haunting Kurt Cobain for quite a while. Yeah. And so he was able to display that actually, you know what, I'm not just about loud guitar and screaming. This is just a full album in general. As you said, there's loads of different covers from a variety of people on there, but it's probably the best unplugged MTV. It's certainly the ones that MTV did. I would put it up there as one of the better live albums ever recorded. Yeah, I'd, I'd go with you on that one. To and be I know that it's only an unplugged and so on, but this there is a, a haunting vibe over that entire album. It's, it yeah. kind of captures you, yeah. Okay, then. Damn. You're going to have to think of another one. Oh, I've got enough to cover me. Do you you want some suggestions from my honourable mentions list? No, no, no. I've (laughs) I've got enough. I just need to scroll through my list. Right. Okay, number two for me. Again, in no particular order, I'm going to go with Changes by Charles Bradley. Black Sabbath's changes from 1972. I think it was on Sabbath 4.
Charles Bradley initially released it in 2013 as a single, but also re-released it on the album of the same name in 2016, which was released by Daptone Records. Linking it back, episode three, Amy Winehouse. Bradley died a year later, which makes this recording kind of even more tragic. Bradley's voice is really rough and quite raw, adding extra layers to the words. Osborne was only 24 when he recorded the original. Bradley was 65 when he recorded his version. Both singers were born in 1948 and began their careers around the same time with a year or two kind of leeway. The production on the original is a bit overdone for my liking. It's that strings and the piano bass and it's it's not very sabbath no no really. yeah and i mean in the last episode you were even questioning if it was sabbath or just ozzy by himself but you know it's it's a bit too overcooked for me while still being quite minimal but it's it's a little bit too there's too much going on whereas the bradley version is much more subtle with a tremolo guitar bass and drums until the chorus where a section of horns and organ kind of wash over the listener and fill out that texture fantastic i don't know if you've heard it or what i don't know if i have you know i'm trying to think my my first experience like my first time hearing changes i think was the version that he did with uh kelly oh yeah uh, yeah it feels like a soul song but it was sung by birmingham heavy metal as black sabbath <laughs> yeah i'll say it feels like that should be the original and the sabbath should be the cover sort of thing but yeah i think they completely change the way that this song is set up completely and yeah, just the chorus though, the chorus. The album like I've I've touched on the production of it, but it it sounds it's it's like just like the Winehouse album where it's so rooted in 60s soul music, but it actually has really fresh production on yeah. it, but it it could have just as easily been recorded in the late 60s. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah, yeah I hadn't heard it before. Oh, I'm oh, that's, that's good. I like I'm it. Pleased. Okay. That's very good. All right, your choice. Uh, mine's not as cool as that. Uh, oh. Mine is uh, probably a bit of a standard for lists of best covers in the world ever. To be fair, I think all of mine have been. Sinead O'Connor, nothing compares to you. It's been seven hours and 15 days since you took your love away I go out every night and sleep all day since you took your love away since you've been album 1990 originally by the family from their 1985 self-titled album 
15 days Since you took your love away Oh, 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 oh. I go out every night and sleep all day Since you took your love away Since you've been gone, I can do whatever I want. I can see whomever I choose. Oh, 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 oh. I can eat my dinner in a fancy restaurant. But nothing, I said nothing can take away this blues. Cause So the family was uh, Prince's side project at the time because um, he wanted to put out some stuff that wasn't Prince, I guess. I, I don't quite get why he formed the family and didn't just release it as Prince because it's not like he was tied to doing just one genre of stuff, was he? Was he going through the legal battles at that point? Oh, maybe. 1885. Yeah, where, where he wasn't he... allowed to use his name. When, when was that? Was that mid-80s? I thought it was a bit later. I wouldn't be able I'm to not tell sure. you. I'm not very versed in Prince. I'm not sure. Um, but... Oh, come on, man! It's such a good, good cover. It's so good. It's I such a good I... song. But it's you know, it kind of is the the breakup heartbreak sort of song, or it was for a very long time. I suppose so. Yeah, I can I can see that. You no, know, it's another one where the video was doing rounds for absolutely forever, and real, real simple, mm. uh, black background. Mm. Not really a massive amount to say. Once again, it's just absolutely beautiful performance. Mm. Um, it didn't do very well for Prince, I have to say. No, not for the family. I think he re-released it, um, like in '93, just like a live version with someone. Okay, I think that did a bit better for him. But um, at that point, it was sort of like well, he still would have earned. The big oh, he bucks. still would have made with Prince. He made big bucks from everyone in the, in the '80s yeah, and yeah. '90s because you know, like Nile Rodgers, he was just had his fingers in all of the pies. You know, doing everything for everyone. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to guess that wasn't on your list. That was not on my list. That came up on all the lists that I researched, like greatest covers ever. Yeah, I, I thought it probably would. For inspiration. Okay, then the next one for me is going to be I Will Survive by Cake. At first I was afraid. I was petrified. I kept thinking I could never live without you by my side. But then I spent so many nights just thinking how you'd done me wrong. I grew strong. I learned how to get along. And so you're back from outer space. I just walked in to find you here without that look upon your face. I should have changed my coffee lock. I would have made you leave your key if I'd have known for just one second you'd be back to bother me. Oh, now go walk out the door, just turn around. Now you're not welcome anymore. Weren't you the one who tried to break me with desire? Did you think I'd crumble? Did you think I'd lay down and die? I know how to love, I know I'll be alive I've got 
I grew up with the Fashion Nugget album. It was one of my dad's favorite albums when I was younger. I remember just listening to this song over and over and over again, not even knowing that it was a cover. I had no idea who Gloria Gaynor was and that's who originally released it. Gloria Gaynor, 1978. version in 1996 18 years after the original they trade disco for what i've written as down tempo funk down tempo yeah. acoustic funk i guess booster funk yeah yeah acoustic funk yeah i like that did you just coin that i did i love wordplay trademark acoustic funk that's a band name well you mean it could be a band it name. could be a band name yeah, yeah like hello we're acoustic funk we're acoustic funk but we don't play any acoustic instruments or funk <laughs> They're actually a, um, an industrial metalcore band. Yeah. 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 The singer, McRae, his monotone vocals add just an extra layer of hurt to the song. So Gloria Gaynor, I mean, she's singing about heartbreak. She's singing about I will get over you and so on. And it's very up, upbeat and very kind of pressy. But with the cake version, it's you see a man that's just hurting and trying to tell himself, I, 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 I will survive this. I will get through this. And the bass playing on this song by Victor Damani. How are you spelling it? D-A-M-I-A-N-I. -I. The bass playing by Victor <laughs> is <laughs> both the rhythmic backbone and also it's a touch of overplaying, but I can't help but love it. That's fair enough. He is a phenomenal bass player as well. Yeah. That's... I, I really, really like that song. The solitude of the I trumpet. And then, of course, it's uh, it would be wrong of me not to mention that it shows up in the U.S. office when they're doing CPR training. Okay, too fast. Everyone, we need to pump at a pace of 100 beats per minute. Oh, okay. That's uh, hard to keep track. How many is that per hour? How's that going to help you? I will divide and then count to it. Right. Okay, well, a good trick is to pump to the tune of Staying Alive by the Bee Gees. Do you know that song? Yes, yes, I do. I love that song. <clears throat> First I was afraid, I was petrified. No, it's... <laughs> Correct. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good choice. Almost certain that we'll be talking a lot about them in the coming weeks. I think so. Yeah. Right. Now, uh, this isn't going to make sense to a lot of people, but I'm going to tell Stefan what this is without telling him what it is. That's my goal for this. So, Jack Nicholson, he's in a room. He's got a guitar. He's trying to play a song. Radiohead. He's trying to play the intro to a song. You're there. You're on drums. Me and Adam are there. <laughs> <laughs> okay uh, yeah Sorry. so so stefan now knows what the song is yeah 
that was um, that was also on my list initially, and I deleted it <laughs> and put it onto my Jake list. It is on there. I think so. Let me double right, check. It's yeah. on there. Uh, so, Red Hot Chili Peppers, High Ground. Wonder on his Inner Visions album. I think Mother's Milk came out. Innovisions was 73. Absolute belter. Essential learning for anybody starting up playing bass. It's like the song you go to when you're learning to play slap bass, just because it's it's quite an easy pattern. It's octave bass, just octave bass. I'd actually counter that and say it's it's essential learning for anybody starting a band. Yeah. Because I mean it's just the way that they play that song. Yeah. The energy is huge. Absolutely huge. For me, if you say high ground, I don't think Stevie Wonder. And the Stevie Wonder version is brilliant, you know, not not attracting from it. But, man, the energy in this is just um, absolutely crazy. Yeah. You know, even people who don't like Chili Peppers like this song. Yeah. It's just amazing. It, it is. I mean. <laughs> and playing it as well. It's just so much fun to play. I didn't it's, know uh, this was a cover for the longest time. No, same. I didn't same. know it was a cover. I think I was already working at Costa with you when when I discovered, or when I first heard, rather, the Stevie Wonder version. Oh, really? I'd, I'd known by then it was a cover, but I'd never listened to the Stevie Wonder version because I'd always kind of thought, well, why? You know, this is perfect. <laughs> yeah, 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 spot yeah. on. And I kind of, like, the Stevie Wonder is groovy and it's it's got its place, but they just took it next level, man. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. I don't have too much more to add to that. I'd say it's just, it deserves to be on, even even if you don't particularly think it's a great song, it's just, just for its place in any musician's sort of yeah. uh, repertoire, I guess. The fact that. Well, in, goes, in any musician's journey. Yeah. Yeah, it's a huge part of the journey. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And part of the reason we, we started this entire podcast is because I was talking to a class about the Chili Peppers. Really? A class of 
GCSE students, the year nine students, and none of them knew who they were. That's crazy to so me. So like, I, put, yeah. I put this song on and just watched one by one, like going almost systematically around the circle as all of their heads exploded. Yeah. That seems crazy to me. So a lot of people I know, like um, a lot of people I know play air instruments because of yeah. either, well, either going to be Flea, people I know who play bass or John Frusciante. So people like Girth. Um, Jack Turnbull. Jack Turnbull. But a lot of my friends, um, Dick Payne and people like you, Dick Payne, but... Um, it's not as that's a wicked name it's though. not his real name his real name's um stuart but oh but it, it became a running so his name's um his surname is Payne, and it became a running joke that he was dick Payne, attorney at law okay yeah fair <laughs> enough i don't know how that came about but um dick Payne. okay that's a wicked name though if that was his if that was his actual like given name that would be fantastic that would be amazing yeah yeah and I think for a lot of people, this is like uh, when you start learning, it's it's a goal. I want to be able to play higher ground. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, every, everything about that song is just amazing. And to an extent, it's got an effect on Pubber. I know he he went to a Chad Smith masterclass in New Zealand. Really? Pubber says, by the way, that clinic was life-changing. I think he'd be a fan of uh, Oh, but you, you got to think back in the day. I, I reckon, young Pubber. I reckon young Pubber was pretty... Big on the funk rock. Yeah, I think so. I think I think it's a bit of a rite of passage. Yeah, in a way, every, and, yeah, actually, yeah, everyone. Yeah, the crazy thing that. for us is that when we were younger, the Chili Peppers were inescapable. I mean, only yeah. really until a couple of years well, after. By by the way, was oh, yeah, forget by massive. the way, it's terrible. No, but yeah, but no, I mean like Californication um, Stadium Arcadium, they were Stadium inescapable. Arcadium, yeah, shouldn't have been a double album. Shouldn't have been a double album. Maybe that's the next one of these <laughs> albums <laughs> that should have been a single album <laughs> that would have been awesome. Pretty much, name a double album. Yeah, oh, uh, it shouldn't have been a double album right now. <laughs> um, Is it my ears keep burning? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, they were inescapable. Um, I mean, I think well, you say by the way, but, but songs like "Can't Stop." Yeah, like, no, true. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm being a bit facetious. Um, the album itself wasn't. Uh, to be honest, I, I think "Blood Sugar Sex Magic" was their last really, really good album, and since then they've been a bit of a singles band for me. Yeah, I went there. <sighs> I'm gonna gloss over unless, that. Unless around the world, all around the world, that was that a single? I don't think it was. That was a good song. Okay, this song is a cover, and we might need to listen to this one so you can you can appreciate this one. Everybody wants to rule the world by the Bad Plus. The Bad Plus.
So I went to see the Bad Plus perform at the Wellington Town Hall in, it must have been around 2007, 2008. And we sat on the balcony and we were literally right above the drummer and it was just fantastic to watch him at work. This song was originally released by Tears for Fears in 2007 for their album Prog in which they also did a cover of Life on Mars and well, I've just looked it up so Tom it's com- Sawyer comfortably numb not on that album different album yeah they, they did do a lot of covers but they also had originals too much more subdued than the original kind of atonal jazz smooth smooth hello and welcome to Jazz Club Bringing you all that's best in the world of jazz. Nice. A ton of atonal notes in this. It, it does. It takes a bit of adjustment, but it is quite beautiful. Yeah, <laughs> it's a spicy that's couple a, of chords. That's a, nice, <laughs> that's a nice way to put it. It's really hard to tell if he's like really good at what he's doing or if he's just making mistakes. You can tell if they're just making mistakes. It sounds like the H. John Benjamin album. I'm here to uh, to sell you my soul. What do you want to sell your soul for, John? Well, um, I'm making an album where I play jazz piano, but I can't play jazz piano. <laughs> Everyone always forgets about it. Oh man! <laughs> oh, we should definitely do that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Archie used to be so good. Is he still in a coma? Uh, I think he's woken up out of the coma now. Let it stop. Oh, but it's still funny that kind of adult humor. Right, the bridge is absolutely magical. Arpeggios in the bridge transform this song.
very good. I yes, yes, it's my answer. Yes, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like I said, there's a few spicy chords in there. Spicy, but, uh, yeah, that's the best way you can uh, you can put that one. Now, on the subject of bands that do a lot of covers and bands that have covered Everybody Wants to Rule the World, my final answer, and you're not going to like this answer because it's not really an answer, is Weezer. Just Weezer. That's it. There's no individual song or album. Well, there is that, the, the Teal album, I guess. But, but Weezer, they do the best covers. They're very popular for their covers at the moment. They've been doing them forever. So it started because everyone thought they were Wheatus and kept asking them to do Teenage Dirtbag. <laughs> um, and they just sort of went, all right, so they learned it and started doing it. And um, it just sort of went from there. Um, they do a lot of Nirvana covers. Apparently Rivers Cuomo is quite a big Nirvana fan. So if you look it up, they do a lot of Nirvana covers. Okay. Well, famously, they did Africa recently. Famously, well, the thing about Africa, it's sort of, they did the cover roundabout. So basically it was like an online, somebody did something online. It's like, I want Weezer to do a cover of Africa. Yeah, because yeah. back when it was the number one meme of all time. And was that? It was like two years ago. Yeah, something, something like, like that. that. Yeah. Um, and they went, all right then. Yeah. But then I think part of the reason it kind of blew up was because in Africa then went and covered Hashpipe. Not Africa, Toto. Toto. Sorry, yeah, yeah, Toto yeah. went and covered um, Africa, <laughs> entire continent of Africa. <laughs> yeah, got together and did the biggest. That been, yeah, that would be cool. good. Um, Toto did a cover of Hashpipe, which is actually really good. Yeah, um, and it's just about the most Toto thing ever. It's like you know, Lucas just going nuts on the. That was a wicked song, though. Yeah, Hashpipe. Yeah, even Rivers Cuomo when he's doing his solo stuff, he's just over his acoustic guitar. He's like, mm. I'm just going to play all the small things. Why not? Yeah, or just whatever. Whatever he likes. You got to give um, us a song here, Jake. I have to give you a specific song. A specific I? song. Um, right, let me just get the um, Paranoid Android. Paranoid Android by Weezer. my favorite weezer cover um just if i think it was probably the first weezer cover that i i stumbled across okay and i was like what and i almost prefer it to the original version um i forget their uh, drummer's name patrick the guy that caught the frisbee and threw the yeah, frisbee yeah, yeah. mid song um plays the guitar and does all the solos oh okay <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is just like all right fair play they get um I can't remember the name is the name of the drummer they get in to do it, but he's quite a well-known, I think, session drummer. Okay. Um, and it's just like, what's going on? It's, it's... Did they do a studio version? Um, or was it just like live? No, no, it's just, well, there's a studio quality live recording 
of, right. on on YouTube. They, I think they, I think they may have moved it down a key. We used to like to do things in flat, so uh, so uh, moved it moved it down a semitone. Just yeah. So the reason that Weezer are my just Weezer, I know I said Paranormal Android, but just Weezer. Yeah. Every cover they do is phenomenal. Yep. No. Absolutely phenomenal, including they have ones of uh, once again everyone. Everybody wants to rule the world. Oh, good. Um, Africa, obviously, is the uh, the famous one. They do a really good cover of um, uh, Sweet Dreams made of this. Take On Me, Happy Together. They do a cover of Paranoid. Okay. Uh, no Scrubs by TLC. <laughs> what you're saying is there isn't a cover that Weasel won't do. More or less, but everyone that they do is really good. Yeah. It's like really good. But they all sound like it could just be Weezer. Yeah. As well. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so that's why, yes, my best cover of all time is Weezer. Just Weezer. Okay. And they don't break my rule because they're not famous for just doing No, they're not. They're, they're covers. Some they're bangers. Yeah. Just listen to that Pinkerton or Blue Album. There's a big debate. Obviously Pinkerton's the better album, but if you wanna if you wanna be wrong and say it's the blue album, that's fine too. But it is Pinkerton. Okay. I'm I'm torn now. I'm torn. Well, we haven't said Devo yet, so. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't. And guess what's number one on my list? Um, Hurt by Johnny Cash. I <laughs> know. Uh, Personal Jesus, Johnny Cash. No, that's a really good one. I well. know. Yeah. It always gets overlooked because everyone's like, oh, Hurt. But Hurt, Personal yeah. Jesus, really good. He did a Nick Cave one as well, didn't he? It's Stagger Lee, didn't he? No. <laughs> no, I think no. he did do a version of Staggerly. Oh, everyone's done a version of Staggerly. Yeah. Okay, um, Staggerly was actually on my list initially, but then I—it's less of a cover and realised it's, it's more of a reinterpretation. Yeah. Okay, you've said my last one. Devo. No. Huh. You've said it. Um, no, amongst uh, amongst some of the Weezers. Oh, um, Mr. Blue Sky. No. Paranoid. No. Sweet dreams are made of this. You take on me. Yes. Presidents? No. Oh, um, oh, Scarband. Yeah. What are they, oh, which one was it? Um, can't remember. Real Big Fish. Real Big Fish. Talking away. I don't know what's left to say. I'll say it anyway. Today's not my day. I'm going to go with this one anyway, yeah. because it was religi uh, religiously, it was originally <laughs> released by AHA in 1985. To find 
Then released by Real Big Fish in 1998 for the basketball soundtrack. Yeah. Yep. Great film. Let's gloss over Wait, that film. I love that film. Oh, it's not that Me great. Me and Chloe watched it about three weeks ago. Yeah. Pretty good. Mm. Pretty good. Mm. Is it as good as Orgasmo? Don't know. Mm. Huge influence on my teenage years. Obviously, I've mentioned numerous times I was in a high school ska band where we kind of did the whole ska punk thing. I think everybody, uh, particularly, you know, in the early 2000s, wanted to do that sort of thing. Didn't know any horns players was the problem. Uh, Round my my way. I knew three. It was all, everybody played guitar. That's why I started playing bass, because everybody played guitar. That's why everybody starts playing bass, isn't it? Well, yeah, but I was was smart enough to realise everyone already played guitar, so I just went straight to bass and skipped starting on oh, guitar. Oh, you, you came back on back yeah. onto guitar. I, I thought about it. Hello, Tibbles. Tibbles. Um, what do you think is the best cover of all time, Tibbles? Yeah. Well, it's a bit of a cop-out because they, they are probably more famous for covers than they are for their own music, although they've got a lot of their own songs. But, however, some of their other fantastic covers, Phil Collins' Another Day in Paradise, Oingo Boingo's We Close Our Eyes, And the Eagles, the long run. <laughs> but it's fantastic. It's a, it's a really high energy, up tempo, great party song. Amazing party song, absolutely. Yeah. It is it is very of its time though. It like puts you straight into that late nineties, early two thousands yeah, mindset. Absolutely. Which means you know, and the other thing is, it's a great party song. But what do you follow it with? Uh, well, when when we did a cover of that, that was our closer. Yeah. Yeah. But if you're at a party and you put it on. You follow it with Hurt by Johnny yeah. Cash. <laughs> Bring the mood right back down. Yeah. Can't have a positive no, without to, a negative. You've got to keep the party going. So I, I guess like party hard. <laughs> oh, no. The, uh... no, that's the ultimate. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. So before we go through and rearrange our covers list into the definitive top 10. I thought we could talk about the the covers that are not on our top tens list, the yep. covers that have just just been on the outside as honorable mentions. Yeah. Uh, but first, I'm going to say the songs that I predicted for Jake to choose: Switchfoot, Crazy in Love. Yeah, that was um, really tempting, but yeah. it is a great cover. Was that like Live Lounge? Um, I can't remember. No, it wasn't Live Lounge. It was that sort of. It was that sort of thing. Yeah. But um, I can't remember exactly what it was for. I think it Then I've got Satisfaction by Devo. I totally anticipated that you'd pick that. Oh, I thought you'd pick it, so I yeah. didn't. Um, it was at number one on my list, but then... Well, it is yeah. the best cover of all time, so disregards it entirely. It's wrong. Yeah. Devo, Satisfaction, best cover ever. The Man Who Sold the World. It was tempting. I had but... that on there. Um, and then Hurt by Johnny Cash. Yeah, once again, I thought about it. I, I did think if I was going to go for a Johnny Cash one, it would have actually been Personal Jesus. Reach out and touch face. Personal Jesus, I, yeah. I prefer it. I overlooked it. Um, to say everyone does, but... I've put him down as an honourable mention. I did not list him because he's listed as number one everywhere or number two, basically, yeah. So I did not mention him because that's a bit of a cop-out answer these days. 
What's the greatest cover? Well, Hurt by Johnny Cash. It is phenomenal. It is really good. Um, originally released by Nine Inch Nails, 1994, covered by Cash in 2002. 2002? Yeah. It feels like it was more recent. Yeah. A great song, channels honesty and passion. Probably the song that you, our listeners, might expect to make the list. And for good reason, although... For that reason, I've kept it only as yeah. an honourable mention. Same. Very much okay. Same. What else did you get? Easy. Faith No More's cover of Commodores. How did I forget that? How did you forget? I, did I, I, forget thought that? That, I thought it would be on your list. That's why I didn't Damn. put it on mine. Oh. Um, although they do miss out a verse, but you don't really miss out on my No. I mean, um, I don't know because it's on my honourable mentions list. I didn't do it. No, that's okay. We can just list Search the honourable mentions. Um, I've got It's My Life by No Doubt. Yeah, that was that's a great one. Yeah. Um, what else have I got on here? Obviously, uh, Tainted Love, Soft Cell. Mm-hmm. Cover of um, Gloria Jones. Heartbeats, Jose Gonzalez. I don't really like the nice version of that. They wrote the song. <laughs> yeah. Does it count if I say the Blues Brothers? The Blues yeah, Brothers that do. That counts absolutely. Okay. Rawhide theme. The rawhide. Yeah. I've got to bring this party down for you. Valerie, Mark Ronson. It's a good song, it good fantastic. cover. It is, it is good. Way better than the original. It, it is. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that one. Live and Let Die, Guns N' Roses. No. It's a great cover. No. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. I like the Wings version better. Yeah. They're only the band the Beatles could have been. <laughs> I didn't know you were into music. Oh, I know you're a DJ, but I've heard your show. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I like all the bands. I like, I've got a broad taste, you know, from uh, from the Britpop bands like oh. uh, UB40, Def Leppard, um, <laughs> right back to classic rock like uh, Wings. These yeah. Wings. They're only the band the Beatles could have been. Well, I love the Beatles. Yeah, so do I. What's your favourite Beatles album then? Tough one. I think I'd have to say the best of the Beatles. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I really like the Guns N' Roses version. I thought it was really good. I've next got the Marvin Gaye pick. I heard it through the grapevine, but by Antonio Forzioni, which is my version of Paco de Lucha. Oh, nice. Yeah, so he does a does a solo acoustic guitar version of that. It's really good. Very nice. Yep. What else have I got on here? Black Magic Woman, Santana. We've discussed that briefly Mad World by Gary Jules and Michael Andrews. That was a serious consideration. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you why I haven't gone for that today, though. Because that has started an awful trend in music making where you take one instrument, either a piano or a guitar, and do some really pretty. Yeah. And I'm so tired of hearing people take these songs. I mean, Gary Jules did it fantastic, don't get me wrong. That's a really good one, but I heard The Rhythm of the Night the other day done by just someone at the piano. That's the the only words, isn't it? 
Oh, no, there's, there's verses. Yeah, but I'm hearing it a lot at the moment, and it's driving me yeah, crazy. Not a great trend. Now, I've got a, a selection of David Hasselhoff songs I could have chosen. Rhinestone Cowboy? Rhinestone Cowboy, yeah. <laughs> like a rhinestone cowboy. That's quintessential house. It's brilliant. The only last one I've got is Always On My Mind, originally recorded by BJ Thomas, later recorded by Elvis Presley and Willie Nelson. However, my pick was the Pet Shop Boys. Ah, yeah, okay. They do a really great up-tempo kind of optimistic version of that song. I mean, the Willie Nelson is just heartbreaking and heart-wrenching overall. Absolutely love that version, but uh, yeah. So, that leads us on then. We need to now take these ten songs. All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix, China Girl, David Bowie, Where'd You Sleep Last Night by Nirvana, Changes by Charles Bradley, Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor, I Will Survive by Cake, Higher Ground by the Red Hot Chili Peppers, Everybody Wants to Rule the World by The Bad Plus, Paranoid Android by Weezer. Just and Weezer. Take On Me by Real Big Fish. We need to now put them into some sort of order. In at number 10 is Sinead O'Connor. I'm not going to argue with that. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I, I just thought it's not worth arguing the point on that one. Um, plus, it's a bit of a uh, an obvious choice, you know, a bit of an easy one to throw in there. I'm going to put in number nine, Everybody Wants to Rule the World. I quite like it. It did have the the spice. It did have the spice. But it's... Um, it's quite obscure, that one. It's a bit obscure, and sometimes you don't want the spice. Sometimes you just sometimes need easy, you just easier listening. Bit of easy listening. Something that doesn't challenge you. Exactly. I'm thinking that we need to either go Nirvana... Or Real Big Fish. Both great covers. Both great covers. So whatever doesn't go nine. Or actually, or China Girl. No, because we've got Everybody Wants to Rule the World at nine. So whatever doesn't go in at eight will be seven. Yeah. Should you go China Girl at eight? uh, Yeah, I would. because. Although is China Girl better than Watchtower? Bit of a conundrum. Let's go Watchtower at seven. Watchtower at seven. Which would put, what was was the other one we said? Take On Me or Where Do You Sleep Last Night? Take on me at six. I'd go take on me. Then I'd go Nirvana. Then we've got cake. Then we've got cake, red hot chili peppers, Weezer, and Charles Bradley. You put your two in your order. One and two, and I'll put my two in, in order well, of one and two. Obviously, it's going to go chili peppers, Weezer. As in what? Weezer one. Weezer one. Okay, so. Ah, oh, but it is a really good. Yeah, but Weezer as a whole, I'm thinking. Paranoid Android. Higher Ground's probably a better cover than Paranoid Android. Okay. So, so I'm going to go, okay, so Peppers will be my number one. Okay. Oh, so but I, no, would it? Which song is better? Paranoid Android, I Will Survive. Oh, I Will Survive. So Weezer at four. I Will Survive at three. Higher Ground and Changes. Two very different. Um, very different. Very different. Listen to that changes again. 
I don't need to listen to Higher Ground. It's, uh... No one needs to listen to Higher Ground. But they do. Well, they do, yeah. And I meant more... Uh, it's two ends of the spectrum. Total upbeat energy. Right, so we're going to get the first minute. Higher ground's got to be number one. <laughs> it's got to be number one. <laughs> it's got to be higher ground. Okay. A clutch victory there for... <laughs> Here we have it for this round of top covers of all time because I'm I'm sure we could come up with a complete fresh new list. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In 10th place, we have Nothing Compares to You by Sinead O'Connor. In 9th place, we have Everybody Wants to Rule the World by The Bad Plus. In 8th place, we have China Girl by David Bowie. In seventh place, we have All Along the Watchtower by Jimi Hendrix. In sixth place is Take On Me by Real Big Fish. In fifth place is Where Did You Sleep Last Night by Nirvana. In fourth place is Weezer. Just Weezer. Just Weezer or well, Paranoid Android by Weezer. Specifically Paranoid Android. Because yeah. if it was just Weezer as a collective covering <laughs> machine, they would obviously win. In third place is I Will Survive by Cake. Narrowly in second place is Changes by Charles Bradley. And we bring to you today the best, the quintessential cover song in history. Or at least our favourite. Or at least our favourite. Probably due to the energy, the enthusiasm. Second favourite, obviously Satisfaction by Devo is number one. Yeah, Satisfaction by Devo is actually number one. But on this list on this list today for this episode for this podcast higher ground by the red hot chili peppers yeah, boy. Yeah, boy. literally um we we were playing one and two we were we weren't sure which one we wanted to do so we yeah. just played the, a minute of each and we had our minute of uh Charles of Bradley, yeah. And we're like oh yeah man this just could be it this gently could be... nodding our heads and to the like, side this could be it and then both of us head banging like beavers and butthead oh it was quite a sight oh, man. so there you go there there you have it folks the quintessential the 10 quintessential covers brought to you by sound purchase weezer are the best cover yeah but pinkerton's not the best album pinkerton's their best album pinkerton's not their best album, best album. no 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 yes, yes. the blue album is their best 
followed by the Teal album. Followed by the Red album. Red album. <laughs> followed by the Make Green be- album. Make Believe is a better album than Make the Red Believe album. Is and it's a better album than the Red album. What does Red album have on it? Hills. It had We Are All On Drugs. What? Yeah, okay. That, that was a good song. <laughs> but what did the Red album have? It had Pork and Beans. And that was it. It had Troublemaker. Troublemaker's I am Stefan, and this was A Sound Purchase, a podcast that does a deep dive to explore iconic recordings. Check the show notes and up-to-date top tens list and other musings at stephsquatch.com. You can engage with us on social media under the handle stephsquatchblog. Other episodes of A Sound Purchase are available at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and stephsquatch.com. If you've enjoyed the sounds during today's episode, visit your local record store to pick up a copy of any of the records we've discussed. Support your local businesses.